way, Paul, I, I got a reading for you from the big book on page 65 at the, uh, at the bottom of the page. Yep. We went back through our lives, nothing counted but thoroughness on honesty. When we were finished, we considered it carefully. The first thing apparent was that this world and its people were often quite wrong. To conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. The usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us and, stayed, and we stayed sore. Sometimes it was remorse and then we were sore at ourselves. But the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. As in war, the victor only seemed to win. Our moments of triumph were short-lived. It is plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to fulfill, uh, futility and unhappiness. To the precise extent that we permit these, do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile. But with the alcoholic whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, <clears throat> this business of resentment is infinitely grave. We found that it is fatal. For when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns and we drink again. And with us to drink is to die. <clears throat> We're gonna end on that, that word, die. <laughs> oh, I could keep going. No, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great book. I mean, what it's it's uh, it's like one description fits all when it comes to alcoholism. Mm. Yeah. So it all feels every person hearing it who's sort of had that come to Jesus moment is quite intimate with it as if you're with one lover, but in fact, it's a one size fit all really. Yeah. Yeah. Because the disease doesn't break, break into individuality. It makes individuality, uh, it disguises uh, just complete uniform, uniformity as individuality. I mean, I have a, a nephew from my oldest sister who passed away when I was younger. Um, and he has trouble with alcohol and stuff or whatever. And he, he's pretty much uh, no one in the family will really talk to him. So a couple of years ago, I heard from him and uh, we would talk and uh, he went through uh, like in Christmas, he finally put himself into a rehab in Long Island and things started to get better because he wasn't drinking a day at a time. Yeah, and he had, a, there was a lot of good services and he got a place to live and he lucked into an apartment with no other person, just him. And uh, we would keep talking like every day. And then, uh, you know, the old, uh, you know, it just creeps in. Sometimes it rushes in, sometimes it creeps in. 
it just creeped in and then uh, I didn't hear from him for a while. So I assumed he was drinking, which he was. And then I came to a conclusion, um, you know, I feel complicit if I keep talking to you while you're drinking, you know, so just when you get sober, give me a call. So he calls me and, you know, he has a new definition of sober, which means not drunk. It's not, uh, it's not uh, anything about drinking. It's just, if I'm not drunk, I'm somewhat sober. So, so, and I could hear it in his voice and stuff like that. And, you know, I could, we could write the script for most of us. Yeah. We know exactly how it goes. Yet we have all these feelings of such individuality and I'm the maker of my own destiny and stuff like that. But if you've come out of alcoholism, it's easy to see alcoholism in others in a way. And you basically could write the script for the rest of their life, pretty much. And it's sad in a way because you're speaking to them with that knowledge and they don't have that knowledge. Yeah. Even though they're the one that it would probably do the best good. They don't have the knowledge. They thinking they're setting off on another journey and this time it's going to work and everything. And you hope the best, but you, you know, you have a sober understanding of this disease. It takes the person over. It doesn't go along with you. It dominates you. Yeah. And your life is going to look like another alcoholic's life or an addict's life. Yeah. When you get down to it, they're basically the same blueprint, truly, except maybe with different nouns and different locations, but it's the same saying. So we can be like, uh, you know, how people go to, uh, you know, those psychic readers or something or the crystal ball, and they want to get an insight in their future. We've seen the crystal ball. <laughs> When it comes to alcoholism, we have an insight in an alcoholic's future. We do. <laughs> we could pretty much describe exactly what's going to happen without knowing the person. He walks in. It's sort of like that's how one of those psychics impresses you. I've never met the psychic, yet he knew my uncle. I can't believe, you know, that he died or got liver cancer or something. And they're like, that's total. I totally believe in this person now. But when you talk to an alcoholic and you give them their forecast, they completely deny it in most cases. <laughs> they don't come to that moment of, thank you, what a revelation. No, they just, it just doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, none of those psychics get as clear as the diagnosis of one alcoholic to the other alcoholic about alcoholism. No psychic get, doesn't even get close to the specific the, uh, the uh, specific points, yeah? We can clearly describe what's going to happen without even knowing, never even meeting the person. Why is that? Yeah, because it's not about the person. It's not about the individuality. It's not about really the circumstances and the situations. They've been taken over by something that seemed to, and it's, we're using language, it doesn't capture it, but by something that's taken us over. So we can share what it's going to be like because that's how it is. Yeah. It's not like alcoholism does ha doesn't have an infinite amount of traits. It does certain things. It produces certain effects. 
and it and it thrives in certain situations and it weakens in other situations yeah and there you go so that's why the book is incredible you read it because you were in it you were what what you this is like describing you it doesn't say the story of paul but pretty much it's the story of paul is it because it's not the story of paul it's a story of something that's taken us over, that's of one. It's like a one parasitical movement. It's not three billion parasitical movements. It's one that takes over a million people, yeah? And therefore, when you see those million people behave, there's a pattern. You recognize the pattern, yeah? This is what happens. You don't get a phone call. Most be, most alcoholics call you after they drink, not before they drink. You know, it just goes on and on and on. So uh, hopefully for all of us, it's landed, yeah? And we've been, we're in the state of sobriety. I mean, sobriety, yeah? And that we can recognize the manifestations of self and how they defeat us. Yeah, that we have a clear understanding of what's dealing with us because we're not dealing with it, it's dealing with us. Yeah. I hope you have it. I mean, to me, I could not be free as it. I couldn't. That's all that drove me is to get loaded enough that I'd be free from self as Paul. But Paul was an exponent of self. I didn't know there was an act of being identified as that which was inhabited by the disease. Yeah, I had no idea until I did. And that when I did finally arrive at that idea, it brought great light. And in, in, and in that way that, that the disease can block you off from the sunlight of the spirit, it cannot if you are the sunlight of the spirit. It has no ability to block you off as the light. It can block you off from the light if you're somewhere else. And that's what it convinces us. It convinces us that we're somewhere else. Yeah. And in that condition, it can block us off from tons of stuff. Yeah. But what happens if that's not true? If this has all been a propaganda campaign, that truly the diagnosis in one of the first preambles was a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It appears to us that it's hopeless. It's not hopeless. There is a solution. Yeah. That's not just one of the phenomena. It's always seemingly so. It's always presenting false evidence with the hopes that it will appear real as you and to you. It does. Because if you don't bite in its first little entree, you're not going to get stuck with the dinner. You're not. You're going to have a freedom from it. But if you start nibbling on the hors d'oeuvres, oh yeah, they're fucking with me, blah blah blah. You're going. You're gonna be. You're, you're gonna be straddled to the chair, looking at that dinner, yeah. And you're gonna be right, and you're gonna probably be alone and drunk. So, like he just said here, most people know about who wronged us. They're describing the first two columns of the inventory, yeah. I'm mad at Wendy because she left me. Most people at a bar are, are masters of the first two columns. They are. They know who they're pissed at and why. Yeah? 
but they never go to the fourth column. They don't, they don't get to where the solution lies. Yeah? They rest in the problem. AA came in because I'll tell you, if you're confused about the first two steps, there's been many times you haven't been, the first two columns. Many, many times. You are super clear who you think fucked you. I mean, it's truly. Yeah. There shouldn't be, oh, I just don't know. It's there. The information's there. Yeah. And all you want to do is take it through to the third column and then to the fourth column to see your role in things so that you can see self's role in things. Yeah. And maybe start having the ability to recognize what you're not from what you are. Hopefully. Yeah. If we keep calling what we're not what we are, we're going to be prone to the advertising. We're going to be prone to the false evidence appearing real. We're going to be a perfectly suitable habitat for the parasite. We are. And it's going to feed on us for sure. So, yeah, it's a beautiful reading as all the readings are. Yeah. You can go to any reading of other books and nothing is more intimate if you're an alcoholic or an addict than the big book because it's a perfect dis description of all your intimate, personal, little idiosyncrat, you know, you know, uh, you know, weird little behaviors. No, they're not. They're not unusual at all. They're like the blueprint we all live at through. Yeah. So here we went back through our lives. Nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty. If you're looking at if you own the store, the inventory is going to be different than if you were brought in as an objective observer to do an inventory. Yes or no? Yeah. If you own the store, are you going to tell the complete truth about what you got in the store? Probably not. Yeah, because some of it would make you look like a freaking idiot to buy 500 pairs of elephant jeans. Yeah. So you rather not notice that shit, obviously. So there isn't going to be a fear, fearless and thorough assessment of the conditions. But what would happen if you were taking inventory of someone else's store? You'd do a damn good job, I, I imagine. Yeah. So this is an inventory on the manifestations of self and how they have defeated us. That's the inventory. That's what we're offering here, really. You can do it any way you want. But here, this invitation of one way doesn't negate the other ways. Yeah. Here you go. Try it out. Yeah. Try it out if you look at resentments instead of your resentments. See if you get a different effect. Yeah. Instead of my fear, which has a huge amount of investment in it, fear. Yeah. I feel you're going to travel a lot lighter. That's my experience. Yeah. So it says here, when we were finished, we considered it carefully. Yeah. The first thing apparent was that this world and its people were often quite wrong. So there's column one and column two. Yeah. To conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. Yes. Column two of the inventory. Most of us, it was Fred that fucked with me last week. Yeah. That's basically, that's it. And where does that lead to another drink? Yeah. The usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us. 
and we stayed sore. Sometimes it was remorse, and then we were sore at ourselves. But the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. Is is that a description? Yes. Of a condition that we have been in before? Yes, obviously. But the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. As in war, the victor only seemed to win. Yeah, exactly. One moment, one moments were triumph. Our moments of triumph, triumph was short-lived. It is plain that a life which includes deep resentment, and he's not saying your or my resentments. He's saying resentment. I think a deep resentment is usually called my resentment. Yeah, I do. I don't see any any other resentment that, that can dive that deep into our life unless it's called mine. Yeah. Your resentments aren't hurting me. They aren't usually. Yeah. A resentment is something that happens. My resentment can be given life for 40, 50 years. It's insane. Do you so explain uh, to the precise extent that we permit these? How do we permit these? by being in the act of identification as self. That's how we permit them. We permit them by calling them mine, yeah? Do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile? Exactly. But with the alcoholic whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual condition or experience, this business of resentment is infinitely grave. We found that it is fateful. For when harboring such feelings, harboring such feelings, I would say would be described as my resentment. Yeah. When I have feelings of resentment, they come and go. Harboring is like you're making a slip for them to park in. Yeah. They're basically moving in and they're going to be a part of your life now. We found that it's fatal. For when harboring such feelings, we should, uh, see, a resentment doesn't have the, let's use their terminology, shut up. Uh, for when the harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. I don't believe so, but let's use that, right? So a resentment doesn't shut ourselves off from the sunlight spirit. My resentment shuts ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. Yes? Because now the sun and the light, sunlight of spirit cannot be you because the resentment is you more. Yes? The my resentment is more akin or more attuned to what you think you are than spiritual light. The insanity of alcohol returns and we drink again. I would say the insanity of alcoholism, yeah, returns. And then we drink again. And with us to drink is to die. If we were to live, we had to be free of anger. Yes. How can you be free of anger? Stop calling it yours. Yeah. Every time you call it, you call anger your anger, it has a little of you. Yes. It's like a specimen you walk around with all day and you look at its size and its weight and you show it off. Yeah. 
This is killing us. Yeah. Sometimes with a thousand cuts, sometimes with a heavy blow, but it's like a killing. Yeah. We must be free from it. Yes. How can you be free from something you take yourself to be? It's difficult. I'd say near impossible. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of people get led to suicide. They want so terribly to be free of something, but they don't see it as other than them. They see it as them, and therefore the whole show has to shut down. Yeah. I had my brother and sister pass away that way. Yeah. And I could see that in hindsight, they were overwhelmed by circumstances. And those circumstances were used to bring them to this point of insanity where the only way out they saw was to end everything. Yeah. They didn't see what was talking to them as other than them. Yeah. They didn't know any better, really. What would happen if you were dying for relief from something and that thing finally you saw as other, the possibility of relief from it would be available? Yeah. That would be hope. Hope would be rekindled. Yes. I truly believe there's an underlying thing going on, the bondage of self, that can, that can have an addition called alcoholism, but the alcoholism isn't the bondage of self. It's something else. Yeah. It amplifies the bondage of self. But it's not the bondage of self. The bondage of self is of a mental nature. It's an activity. Yeah. You get heavier and different chains if you drink and use, but the activity of the bondage is still there. So even when you get free from the drink and the drug, uh, a lot of times it's not that satisfying and not producing that much contentment because we're not free from the bondage of self. Yeah. And then you see the drinking and using was really a solution that you attempted to apply to the bondage of self, really. Unbeknownst to me, the bondage of self thrives on that fucking activity. Yeah. Who knew? I didn't. I truly believed when I was drinking when I was younger, even though the cops and society saw it as a terrible offense, I thought saw it as medicine, really. It gave me a little relief from the bondage of self to the point I was willing to do take any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. And the drinking and the drugs let me feel un not so uncomfortable, even if it was just for a five seconds of shit. It seemed worth it. Yeah. And I've seen where we're driven to. I saw where I was driven to. You know, it's a drag when you land in pitiful, complete demoralization. You go to the, you know, goodwill and get some furniture for it. You know, you move in. Yes, you don't. Like, there's no hope that you can. You deserve any better, really, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. 
You don't need people to fuck with you. You're fucking with yourself incredibly. Yeah, so, yes. That's all, you know, that's what we have to offer here. If I would have heard what we have to offer here in AA, I wouldn't be offering it, yeah? I'd be co-signing it. I'd be part of the choir. But in my communities or wherever I've been, I never heard it emphasized, this diagnosis. And so here we are trying to put it out into the community with the hopes that it will bring about as much relief or more than it has with me. Yeah, that's, that's what has me showing up on Thursdays and Tuesdays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Great reading. So do we have any hands? Anybody have any questions or shares? Hi, it's Debs here. I'll keep <laughs> Well, recover from the hopeless state. Um, thanks, Paul. Um, I really love that idea of taking, uh, just taking inventory that you were talking about. I think that's a really powerful way to look at that so that we're not, um, we're not hiding in shame and stuff around it. It's just an actual fact that that's, as the alcoholic body, that's how we behave. I think that's really useful. I, thank you. I, I really, I really like that. Thanks very much. It's a lovely concept, this idea of um, it's a that it's a the parasitic body of alcoholism. I really, yeah, thank you. I really enjoyed that. Juicy, juicy. <laughs> Well, you know, it says like, it's sort of like the example they use is a business inventory. So we look at it as if it's a business, not our life, not this. And so you need a little bit of separation from it to see it. If you keep calling it you, you're looking from it. Yeah. And it has no intention to see itself. It doesn't. It wants to hide as a self. Yeah. So we're basically blind to it when we're looking from it. Yeah. If there can be a sense of it's other than me, the possibility of being free from it becomes available. And so it will be also, you will be free. <laughs> you can't really lose because it's correct. You're on to something. Yeah instead of trying to acquire a spiritual condition, you just tell the truth about the mental and physical conditions, and maybe you get a sense of where that truth is coming from is a spiritual condition, and that you're not having one, you're like a conduit of a spiritual condition. You're like a, a, a hose for that condition to express itself through. And therefore, you start feeling differently than you did before. You feel uh, you become very clear that something has done and is doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. 
and you're in the habit of letting that happen. Yeah. And then you read the results, basically, and you observe things are going better without much that incessant participation that I thought would be a way of promoting one's life, but it really isn't. It actually defeats us with that excessive, that excessive concern for me and me alone is a defeating of living, really. It's not a way to live. It doesn't work well. Yeah. So here we're in AA and AA gives us the, so much support and a field of opportunity to learn how to face life successfully and allow these ideas to really percolate. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, at the, you know, that life of addiction brought me to the point of, hey, I'm willing to jump ship. Yeah. If another ship becomes available, I'm more than happy to jump ship. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think this one's inevitably going down. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> I'm, I'm in the habit of jumping ship. Uh, yeah, I see something sinking, but it's not me, thank God. <laughs> and I'm not going to throw it a life preserver. I'm not. Yeah, let it just drift away with the current. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know, Paul, I felt like I was really holding on to a lifesaver when um, I was asked to do my step four. I felt like I was holding on to something, which actually I didn't. What, it was actually frustrating and hurtful in a way to keep identifying with that's me, that's me, because something so bloody miraculous had happened of, oh, like you say, struck sober, you know. Oh, I could, it was almost like free falling away from that and going, wow, and then being brought back to the trough and, you know, your head dunked in this. <laughs> and yeah, that's really unhealthy. And I think it takes, it takes a lot to just keep, you know, and holding on to that life boy just so that you can swim past that bloody episode is <laughs> really tough. And I can see where sponsees actually really struggle when we're using the concept of it's all you. Yeah. So th again, thank you. Well, in a way, though, that I feel like there's a, a progression that sometimes gets stunted, if you don't mind riffing, Jacob. Yeah. Say again. If you don't mind if I riff a little on this oh, idea. Of course not. Yeah, please. There's a... Uh, there's, a progress that gets stunted because we're so afraid that if we don't see ourselves responsible, all this shit's going to happen again. Yeah. But I notice in this life, and I don't think it's different than most alcoholic lives. When I was younger, I was totally, totally inappropriately feeling responsible for tons of shit. Like when my father got ill, and everyone tried to explain to me he wasn't going to play with me as much. No matter what they said, how I saw it was, what did I do to cause my father not to want to play with me? That's an insane sense of responsibility. Yeah. Or like if I walked in a room and someone yawned, I took that personally. Yeah. This is an, an exaggerated sense of responsibility that drove me part of it 
was uh, driving to drink. Yeah, I wanted to get relief. Yeah, so of course there's a fear that if we don't hold on to I'm responsible for fucking everything, it's going to happen again. But there's, to me, that's relying on self, not the infinite. The infinite, uh, the infinite, in the army of the infinite, you're not standing in attention for the 40 years, yeah? There's a lot of relax, and you come out of that tense little, I've got to do everything, yeah? And you become like a free-range alcoholic, in a way. You're sort of free, and you're roaming around. Yeah, that's what I see. So this idea of, so there I was feeling incredibly responsibility. I wanted to get out of that. So drinking and becoming the kid, bad kid, no one expected shit from me. I convinced them I'm never going to go to a wedding, so don't invite me. And after a while, my family just, you know, gave me a a pass for everything because that's fucking Paul. Yeah. So then I come in AA and, you know, I'm a master of the first two columns of the fourth step. I know who I'm mad at and why, but it's got me in a very bad, very bad condition. And so I get presented in this way of looking at my life again and seeing my role in things with a pair of glasses from recovery. So I get to the fourth column and I see a pattern. So there's the four ones they usually present is self-seeking, uh, selfishness, dishonesty, inconsiderate. So when I would do the patterns, I saw the dishonesty and inconsiderate were aspects of self-seeking and frightened and selfishness. So basically, it was self, 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 the whole way. <laughs> yeah, the whole inventory. Yet the self, when I read it, was still implying it was me. So I thought I did an inventory on me and I saw my role in things. But then I saw the word self to mean something other than me. And then it opened a whole new way of looking at things. And I saw, yeah, any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. Yeah, Self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. Self-imposed, something else like that, driven by a hundred fears, hundred forms of fear, shit like that. It sure sounds like something has taken us over. That's truly not of us. Yeah, it's in at least in this way, you've got to look at it as foreign. Yeah, so something has intruded into the integrity in into the integrity of Paul, and is sort of taken over the ship. Yeah, and it's running it. Yeah, so. When I saw that pattern, all right, so I was felt totally responsible, became incredibly irresponsible, came back, became responsible again. But there's another progression, which is accountability. All right, I do the inventory. I make the all the amends. But now you're not going to convince me I did some of that shit. I didn't. I was dancing with the gorilla. I was going to do what the, the gorilla wanted me to do. That was a much more apt description of how it felt when I was under the influence, yeah? So I see there's another progression in recovery, which many of us haven't entertained, which is accountability. So when we look at our lives and our roles, we see its role, selves. So just like I use the example of my dog shits on the neighbor's lawn, the neighbor calls me up, he's really pissed off, I go over there, I clean up my dog's mess, 
I make an amend to the guy and I'm gonna, I, I make a decision. I'm going to walk the dog another way so it doesn't go near his lawn, okay? I don't, th I don't go home and get incredibly guilty about it because I'm not the dog, yeah? Yeah, I'm accountable for the dog, but I'm not responsible for the dog, yes? The dog shits. That's what it does, yeah? So, all right, I'll clean up the mess, but I'm not going to dwell on it for 30 years because I did not take the shit on the neighbor's lawn. The dog did, yeah? So I feel there's a whole other part of the wave of recovery, which is no, you know, too much responsibility, no responsibility, taking responsibility, and then seeing self as accountable to, for a lot of the behaviors that were demonstrated. I don't see that fourth wave being uh, emphasized. Yeah, I feel everyone stops at the thing and and with honest feelings, they get concerned and worried about what I'm offering. It's not me, but what's coming through because they're afraid they're going to be, it's going to be used to be irresponsible. Yeah. So they don't want to see the accountability because they're afraid that irresponsibility. Yes. Oh, it's a, it's going to be broken through in a mass level. If we keep putting out the message, I feel. Yeah. But uh, I don't think it's broken through yet in, in as a community offering, but I'm hoping it will. Yeah, that we'll be seeing, uh, okay, I did all my amends, yeah, to the best of my ability. I have been responsible for all that behavior, but let's really look at what was, what was the truth. Something drove me into that behavior, yes? It can't go scot-free. There's got to be a, some accountability, and that accountability is freedom from it, really. So it doesn't want to do an inventory because it doesn't want you to look at your life because you'll see its life in you. You will, hopefully, especially with that uh, direction of page 64, looking at m the manifestations of self is what has defeated us. That's very clear dis uh, direction to do an inventory that way, incredibly clear. So a resentment isn't going to be yours. It's going to be a manifestation of self. Fear isn't your fear. It's a manifestation of self in one's life. Yes. So now you start pinning what, what should be pinned on self and get free from that fucking inordinate amount of responsibility for a lot of shit you had nothing to do with. Yeah. And then all the guilt and shame that it's like a fucking scent that just travels with you for the next 30, 40 years. Yeah, Jesus Christ. You know, it's like some bug was on you as a flower. It took a shit, so it smelled of that bug, and now you think you're a fucking shit flower. No, yeah, you're, a, yes, you're not, that's not your scent. That was something that happened through you because you were an, an opportunity for something to take advantage of. You now are not because you're in the hands of a higher power. Yeah, you become somewhat untouchable to the parasite because there's a greater power occupying the space that it was occupying before. Yeah, that's the only reason why it won't encroach. It tries to but it has a certain healthy fear 
because it respects other power, a greater power. And that spirit that we are is the greater power, I feel. Yeah, so, yeah, thank you. Thanks for letting me uh, riff. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Thanks, Debbie. Hey, Paul, so am, am I right in, well, is this a correct assumption that selfing, the manifesting of the various ways of selfing can come out as alcoholism, it can come out as emotions or resentment or whatever the case, but that the selfing and Jacob are not the same, right? Even though the Jacob selfing might assume the role of Jacob, but that's that's not the same. And, no, and it's not, definitely, and none of them are what we are. Neither Jacob nor the selfing are what we are, yeah? Yeah. Right. Well, the thing is what you are, yeah. Yes. The selfing assumes stuff. Yeah. It doesn't really do anything. It assumes shit's already done. Yeah. Mm. So it convinces us that we already are a self. It's not really working hard to convince ourselves. Uh, it's just support reinforcing that all day. We just jump right to that state all the time. The head does. Does yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. So the selfing is there to keep promoting that that imaginary gluing or bondage from of us to self. Mm -hmm. Because there is no glue, truly. It's just an appearance that two different things are bound. And it reinforces that appearance by obsessing and all that shit. Yeah. But in yeah. fact, if you look at it, you'll see they're not. They're different. Yeah. If you see it from somewhere other than self, you'll see that it's an imaginary bonding. That's why it needs so much application. The application can never set. So it's constantly gluing, but nothing gets glued. Yeah, we just believe it's true. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not true. You are not that. You are not that. You're of a different nature. They speak about it in AA a lot. Yeah, they talk about a spiritual condition. I feel we are a spiritual condition. Yeah, first yeah. and foremost, I don't believe we start as a mental, physical condition. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I feel most the head has the story that we start as a mental, physical condition, and maybe you can acquire or not a spiritual condition. But I don't believe there's an acquiring of spirit. I think you are spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Where you, there's not a market for buying, you know, trading in spirit. It's just, it's, yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy how, how much, how many of my own spiritual practices were about bringing the spirit in or bringing the light in when that just reinforces the idea that we're not the light or we're not the spirit. It can. That's the point. Yeah. It may yeah. not, but it can, and it's good to know, because right. most of us don't. Mm. We're walking around thinking we're doing something that's uh, producing an escape when it's actually reinforcing the bondage. Right. Yeah. So this is more about warnings, really. Warning of how the system reasserts itself. Yeah. It doesn't go down easy. It doesn't. It keeps reasserting itself because it has its magic equation is it's identified as you. So when it's presenting itself, it presents it as you. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah. So the wolf presents itself to the sheep herd as a sheep, all the while the wolf. Yeah. Now, if we, if the sheep had an understanding and they could see that, even when it's appearing as a sheep, they could see the wolfness in it. The herd would do a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd have an early warning. And so the wolf wouldn't be allowed into the herd instead of trying to find skillful means to stop the wolf from eating too many of the sheep. Yeah. It would be the, it would be a true like invulnerability because it wouldn't get into the herd. Yeah. Yeah. So this is having the eyes to see something that's presenting itself as you as not you. Yeah. You don't have to find out what you are. You're it. <laughs> you need to find out what you're not, really. <laughs> because we're thinking what we're not as what we are. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. When you see it clearly from what you are, you're not in the business of trying to get out of what you're not. You're not. <laughs> Seriously. You lose complete interest in being liberated as self. <laughs> because you're liberated from it now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's not like you're trying to get out of it anymore. You just see the activity. Yeah. In other words, it's it's true. Magnificent move is is to convince you you're nothing as and it as everything. Yeah. Mm. And it, opposite, you're everything and it is actually nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. That's cool. It's a part and parcel of what we all are. But right now it's it's uh, acting like Hal in 2001. It thinks it's the whole thing. Yeah. 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 So it's gone overboard, obviously. It's crazy because it keeps demanding relief, thinking as if it could drink itself into satiation or shoot itself into satiation. It doesn't understand that it's the agitation it like to get free from. <laughs> it's the agitation. How is agitation going to escape agitation? It ain't. Yeah? How can self get out of self? It can't. This is the conundrum. It keeps trying it. You know? It has this fervent belief that's not true, that it can escape itself as itself. It can't. Yeah? We've all tried. We're all masters of trying to escape self as self. Yeah. And we've gotten all the evidence we need. What can a failed system show you? It's failed. You can't get out of what you're not as what you're not. It's just impossible. Yeah. So you stop. There's a pause. You know the beauty of the pause in recovery? There's a there's a bigger pause in a sense. There's a pause. And instead of being moved by all this shenanigans, you start seeing it. You become somewhat unmoved as spirit. Mm. And moving is the main aspect of the magic trick. It keeps everything agitated and going. So you can't see the stillness. You can't enjoy peace of mind. Because in that peace of mind, you'd see your own reflection, no face. You know, You would see yourself as that. Yeah. And once the seeing yourself as that gets more uh, stock than the stock in self, then the, that the infinite takes over the company, so to speak. Yeah. 
And how can you lose interest in self? You can't ask self, can you? No. But if you see it's not you, there'll be a loss of interest in it. There will be. You will lose interest in that shit that's driving you crazy. You will. It's a fact. I've watched it in tons of people over the years. And I've watched it in myself. Yeah? That used to move me to great calamity. doesn't move me at all. It's still presenting its case, but it's, uh, yeah, it's bogus, you know, false evidence appearing real. Mm. Where's your role in that? You think false evidence just appears real randomly? No, it has to appear real to what's real. We are, yeah? Yeah, to so what's seeing it. As the audience, and then we hear a story of us as the character in the movie, we buy it, the false evidence continues to appear real, and there's consequences. And then we want to get out of the consequences as the character. <laughs> Instead of seeing you're not the character, then the drive to get out of the consequences will chill out, and you realize you're not in the consequences. That's the best way out, really. There's consequences for sure. There are. Things come and go. Shit happens. But you can't believe how much your weight is thrown in it all by this identification. It's incredible, really. So once there's a loss of interest, there's a gaining of interest, hopefully in, in you, in spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And then the problem doesn't exist for you today. That's, a, that's an incredible solution. Could you imagine if you could... Uh, have that as a living solution for cancer patients. The problem will not exist for you today. Not taking tons of shit that kills everything else, but the problem will not exist for you today. They'd be lining up forever. Yeah. What really, what, what are the, the typical treatments for diseases in America? Very rarely, uh, maybe they'll disguise or disguise the symptoms so you won't feel as bad as you did but basically there's very rarely is that the problem will not exist for you this is a damn good solution yeah i mean fucking high level solution the problem will not exist for you today one you want that to last the problem does not exist as you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. see the identification aspect Tell the truth about it, and you'll weaken the whole chain. You will. You'll weaken the whole freaking chain. Yeah. And that chain can be put to better use than bonding you to this idea of self. Yeah, it will. Yeah, maybe it'll be available to others finally. You'll be allow the art to come out or whatever, everything. Yes? Yeah. So... Oh, yeah. You know, we embellish it, the, the idea of the parasite, to try to just at least have an image of it as other, yeah? Where there is a point to it, where communication of mind is much more in image than it is with words, yeah? If a word can provoke an image, that's really true communication, so... 
people see the word parasite and it seems to help them to give an idea of what it was like that gives them a certain way out yeah wait wait a minute if it wasn't me what could be the possibilities you'll find out yeah because they're severely limited when it's you they are the possibilities are severely limited when the disease is you it is truly so yeah I'm still stoked after 34 years, so it's pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, uh, mean, we got a we got a yeah. question from Kristen. Kristen Dubay. Kristen Dubay. Did I say that right? Kristen, go ahead and come in. Or I can unmute yeah. you. You said it right, Jacob. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, thanks, Paul. I just uh yeah, I'm so grateful for this message and that, you know, this little community, because I think I shared this before. I remember reading in the book when I was first going through the steps, crushed by a self-imposed crisis. And I remember railing up against that because the woman I was working with, I said, no way did I do this to myself. I said, I refuse to believe. I said, we can shut the book right now because I'm not going further with this. I just I can't believe, who would do this? Nobody would do this to themselves. And I don't think she understood this um, in the way that we're talking about it here in these meetings. And uh, somebody came along and said, oh, oh, can you accept ego-imposed crises? And I said, okay, I could accept that. But it, it really didn't hit the root completely um, as we're talking about in these meetings. And so, for a long time, you know, I called what you call selfie and I called them the gate guards. You know, I just, they were constantly up. They were constantly on alert. Nothing got by that. And unless it slipped in through the back door and then I had a sense of freedom and peace, but I could see, you know, and, and I just, but there was also alongside that there was this sort of sense, um, this this can't be the it, this is, this is not the it. I mean, I remember having that drinking and then I've had that in sobriety, like this, is, this cannot be it. Um, and so, you know, since coming on to your meeting and really diving deeper and sort of taking this into consideration, um, I, I can see that my mind wants to go, you know, I understand self cannot get out of self. And then I watch sort of the mind where it goes. Yeah, but if you do, and then fill in the blank. <laughs> and so that's like this little uh, game that it wants to play. Yeah, Kristen, you can if and then fill in the blank. And, and so I think, you know, my experience lately has been like, there's really nothing to do, like, stop that you, you just said it about five minutes ago, like, stop. Like, it's gonna go here, it's gonna go there, it's gonna go there, it's gonna go, it, it's gonna play that game, but there's nothing to do, you know, um, but being aware, really, just watching. And uh, I'm just so grateful for this group, this message that you're bringing to this group. And um, I think I'm also very clear that it's, you're the messenger you know, and that um, this community has needed it for a long time. And um, I, I know this 
I know I've needed to hear this for a long time and to really talk about it at such a deep level because you go into AA meetings and you talk about this and you, you know, people look at you like you have two heads and um, I'm just grateful to be a part of this. So I appreciate you putting this out and showing up and thanks. Well, thank you. We appreciate your attendance, honey, very much. You're uh, one of the bulwarks of the program here. Yeah, it's all an us thing. And it's working, you know, yeah. it starts permeating and you don't have to say much. Usually what you are will speak louder than what you say. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah. And, you know, it's Jacob and, and David G, the people who set up these talks really are facilitating this uh, habit, which I'm more than happy to uh, participate in. Yeah. And because I know there's strength in repetition. It's one of the antidotes, if you're in time, repetition of a possibility. Yeah. So that almost as if the head is like a lazy Susan and sometimes you put it in a one slot and it gets all the way in. Yeah. And so you don't know what day or what time that will be. So you just keep repeating the message and repeating the message and then it slips in. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it has a different timber than any other ringing. Yeah. It has its own echo chamber. It can infinitely echo that idea. Yeah, it's beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Yeah, I'm happy to be a, a gatekeeper of the Zoom as opposed to being a gatekeeper of my head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. We have another <laughs> question from uh, Timothy. Timothy Webb, if you want to come on in. Hey, hi, everyone. Hi, Cole. Hey. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Can't see you, but I can hear you. <laughs> oh, you can't see me? I'm trying to find you. Oh, here you are. Yes, I see you now. Sorry, I'm just walking to my truck so I can get some, uh, some privacy. <clears throat> so I've been following you for a little bit, and... <clears throat> I don't know, you make me feel like I'm not crazy. <laughs> what? So you make me feel like I'm not crazy. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if this is the place to talk to you about these things. <clears throat> so I had a father that was... Uh, a severe alcoholic and I grew up with him and, and he actually killed himself with alcohol. And uh, I've dealt with the repercussions the rest of my life. Um, I, I found spiritualism about eight years ago and you're the first person that I've came across that, that explains it in a way that it can get past me and speak to what it needs to speak to, if that makes any sense. Yes. <clears throat> um, 
<laughs> so I had this sort of awakening. I, I hate that term, but sort of awakening. And ever since then, I've been trying to chase that awakening. Um, I was diagnosed recently with uh, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And I've been into several uh, um, <clears throat> like programs to treat it. Uh, think of psychologists, um, therapists. Um, <laughs> I'm actually moved to San Francisco, so I'm I'm uh, I'm seeing a psychologist now in San Francisco, and we've done some pretty dramatic, drastic things just to get through this filter that I see the world through, and try to um, get rid of that filter. <clears throat> We've done some pretty dramatic things like do uh, MDMA assisted uh, therapy sessions, psilocybin therapy sessions. And uh, I came across this, I felt this this, uh, this thing that you're trying to tell everyone here. I, 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 I was that for a brief moment. And I just wanted to get your take on, on this. I know you don't know me and or, or my story, and uh, I, I don't know if this is the place to do this. Uh, I really admire everyone here that's that's uh, you know trying to help themselves because uh, <laughs> I had a father that didn't, and it, and and it killed him, and it and it and it took away many years of my life. <clears throat> so, anyway, I just wanted to pick your brain, Paul. You don't have to say anything at all if you don't want. Um, and I wanted to thank you for your message. What's the question, Bo? We'll see if I can answer. Um, how can I stop trying to be what I am? If that makes sense. Yes, yes. Well, maybe you'll get exhausted by trying. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The stopping, no matter how it occurs, is the value in a way. But I don't know. It can occur in a lot of ways. You can get exhausted. You can just wake up one day and that's that. You can hear someone speaking, give yourself permission or whatever. But uh, yeah. That which you're not is definitely claiming the pursuit of being what you are. So it's added a sense of two-ness into what's only one, which is you are being what you are, <clears throat> no matter what is happening. The underlying condition is you're that, yeah? And yep. yet one of the other conditions assumes it's you and it's looking for that as an experience or at a place to arrive, which the true success in that is gonna be failure, yeah? So what's nice is you can speed up the time to the failure <laughs> so it doesn't get dragged out as long. And uh, perhaps there's this easier way, which was be hearing about it, but whatever, yeah? 
but uh, uh, sometimes shit has to exhaust itself. Yeah, yeah, just that simple. And you can have support in that here if you want to come. And there's plenty of people that identify. And uh, yeah, just try if you can, if you are in the spirit of recovery or not, at least you can have the image of some power greater than you and just put these behaviors in its hands and see what it does. Yeah. And then it will inform you and sometimes you'll follow it. Sometimes you won't and you'll learn that, Hey, the easier softer way is to follow it. So yeah. And then uh, you'll see, see what happens, but yeah. Okay, I, I have several questions, but it can be another time. Yeah, yeah, I have, we I have work to do. You can also, if you talk to uh, Jacob or someone after the meeting, they can give you. You can get in touch with me. Not today, <laughs> but in the, in the near future, <laughs> if you want. But uh, yeah, we're more than happy to if we can be of help, you know, for whatever. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, just, yeah, thank you. Thank you for showing up and, and opening up to us. Yeah, appreciate it. Hey, Paul, would you recommend something like Al-Anon to somebody who's lost, lost a loved one or a parent to alcohol, alcoholism? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it uh, harms, you know, you can always check it out for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think of that suggestion, but thank God it's us, so you did. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice, that's a, yeah. Again, at least you get to see some like-minded characters, because obviously the head loves to, you know, have an audience of one in its little symphonies. Yeah. It likes you. Yeah. If you can uh, be with others who are going through similar things, it seems to have a lot of value. Yeah. So, yeah, I would, what, how's it going to hurt you? Or you're not, you know, just check it out. Yeah. I just stayed with, I think I checked it out a little, but I just found AA was sufficient. Sure. I didn't go into all the, I thought I would get lost in all the tributaries, really. I just, and then some, the stuff that got downloaded, verified that was a good move. And just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be the one that wants to uh, completely recover from family of origins on Mars and Earth and shit. It just keeps you busy forever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really not about that. It's about being a maximum use to yourself and others. Yeah. It's not. So I wanted, you know, obviously life wanted to get me into some kind of workable condition. And then it wasn't like, uh, <laughs> let's tweak it endlessly to make it super refined. Yeah. It was basically, all right, you're ready to drive, go. Yeah. What about that, that, you know, titanium bumper? You don't need it. <laughs> just, yeah. Just get from one point to another. That's fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, the head, you got it. The head's tricky. So 
you start feeling good about what you do and then you become enslaved to you having to do it to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. There's things we do along the way and then there's an expiration date and they stop and your growth doesn't stop from them not being used anymore. You outgrow it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you got to be a little, you know, just to be aware that the head is going to take advantage of whatever it comes in contact with. And it will show his cards sooner or later by an addictive overriding behavior. So people get addicted to spiritual practices. They don't, not the person, but addiction shows itself in spiritual practices when people are watching 14 hours of videos or something mm-hmm. <laughs> every day. You know what I mean? So it just, it usually shows its hand if you have the eyes to see it. It's a, you know, if you recognize it with alcohol and drugs, you'll recognize it in other, other behaviors. You will sooner or later. Yeah. 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 So you don't want it to, because it will try to claim it and then own it and then run away with it. Yeah. And then it will be putting it to its use, not your use. Yeah. So that which was helping you before isn't anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you see? You've got to have the eyes to know that every after a while. Yeah. Yeah. So I had, when I first got sober, I did this prayer every day. I didn't just got into the habit of it because I was afraid to work up under the old management team. You know, I was super fucking flipped out. Like, if I listen to this head, I could be dead by 12. <laughs> so I'd wake up and I do the first three steps. You know, hey, my name is Paul Hedeman. I'm powerless over alcohol and drugs. And, uh, you know, actually, life, you know, my managing life made it unmanageable. And then, you know, a power greater myself has restored me to sanity. And I make a decision to turn my will and life over to that power. Yeah. First thing I'd said, no matter if I met woke up with a beautiful babe first first before i said hello to her i would say that yeah it was just it became a habit then one day it was it ran its use out yeah then i had another one recognizing that i had a huge sense of entitlement and a, enough was never enough when something good would happen i would say thank you god that was more than enough yeah just keep saying before that train of more, more, more kicked in. And then that train got derailed. And after the derailing got set, I didn't say it ever again. But I said it a lot for years. Yeah. The same thing. Thy will is done. I say it, I would say it more. Thy will is done. I'm not thinking of its will being done in the future. I'm observing it as a fact now. Yeah. So these things change because we're outgrowing Conditions. So, what's very essential in one level isn't in another level. Yeah. So, just keep your eye out on it. Yeah. Because I noticed when I, you know, the idea of meditation was making me feel good. Then, if I missed it, I would like want to go home at 12 to get, you know, because I was afraid the whole day would go fucking terrible. You know what I mean? That's a little crazy. Yeah. So, the head will affix itself to anything <laughs> and then it will show its card sooner or later. You know, it has an addictive nature. It usually does too much. 
<laughs> too much drugs, too much this, too much sex, too much that. It does, yeah. You'll see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not practicing the middle way. It's not moderation. It's sort of extremes. I'm not going to do anything or I'm going to do tons of shit. <laughs> I ate like a pig. I'm going to not eat food for 30 days straight. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> if you don't, if you're not living extremely, you don't need extreme means. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's easier. Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's say, uh, <laughs> I joke it, well, never mind. I don't want to go there. All right, thanks. Uh, we want to end today or something? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Timothy. Yeah, we're good, Paul. No other hands. It was a great meeting. Okay. Yeah, let's say goodbye and uh, wish everyone a wonderful day. Eh? So we got Timothy W. Thank you for coming in, Timothy. And maybe listen to Jacob's suggestion. There are... Uh, Meet, uh, groups that meet concerning the effects of an alcoholic or an addict in their lives, not being one themselves. All right, so we got Walter. Nice to see you again, Walter, in the Netherlands. Mickey Smith, the matriarch of Madeira. We got Kristen. Thank you, Kristen, for all your shares. It's awesome. We got Paul from the UK. Nice to see you, Paul. Mm -hmm. Stefan on Having Never Left. We got Doreen. Nice to see you, Doreen. Yeah. Tommy from Ireland. Joseph from France. Nice to see you, Joseph. Roman, Germany. Jess, Ireland. Amy, there she is. Nice to see you, Jamie G. Yeah. We got Gabe from Marin County. A homeboy. Yeah. We got Jacob, PK. Nina, as always, wonderful to see you. We got William L. Nice to see you, William, there. We got Connor. Connor from Dublin. Nice Thanks, to see Connor. you. Thank you very much. If in any way I can be helped to an Irishman, I'm happy. I'm happy to do it. Yes. Yeah, we were on fire today, man. You were great. <laughs> All right. We got Terry from Maine. She seems to be outside. And it seems to be sun. Wow. That's awesome. That's a good day in Maine. We got uh, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie, for our little conversation. Yes, very nice. We got Don, Don O. Nice to see you, Don, or meet you. We got Pamela from uh, Kentucky. Nice to see you, Pamela. Uh, let's see who else we got here today. We got Suzanne, I, I don't know if it's Susanna W, uh, Senna, uh, I think that's it. Hey, let me go back here. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, if you're interested, just go to zenbitchslap.com under events, all the talks are located there. Some are on recovery, the Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then, uh, the others are on a topic called non-duality. 
I don't see much difference, but there you go. All right. Thank you. Thanks bye so bye. much. Bye.